Welcome to the 6am Run Podcast. My name is Mark Paisant. I'm an avid runner, a certified personal trainer, a 6am Run ambassador, and host of the show. Be sure to head over to the website, 6amrun.com, to sign up today to get 20% off of your first order. Now, let's start the show. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the 6am Run Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Paisant, and we also have Hami with us today. So always a pleasure to have him part of the show before we get into our show with Cami Renee. The show is brought to you by 6am Run and 6amrun.com. Head over to that website to sign up to get 20% off of your first order. So Hami, always a pleasure to have you a part of the show. How have things been going? What's been going on in your life? No, uh, thank you. First of all, I got, let me let me let me thank you for all summer. I I, I called you a few times. I could. Um, you've done a great job with the show. Um, I, I've told Mark I, I listen all the time. Um, usually at night when I'm winding down, this is like my show to listen to. So I can't thank you enough. Um, things are busy. Um, there's some big big things coming that you guys will see what I've been working on in about three weeks, probably when the show is announced that we'll we'll kind of launch. But no. Everything's been just busy. Obviously, it's not easy. Anyone that thinks entrepreneurship or running a company is easy, it's not. Then you add on being a father of two, being a husband, being um, there's like everything, everything is a job, right? Like you have a million hats, I think all of us in our lives wear and it's juggling and then it's giving one thing priority. And um, I always I always say it's figuring out what fire needs to be put out first and going and hosing that issue down see you're you're the one that that went out of corporate life and decided to to start (laughs) yeah to to be the entrepreneur so but i i envy you man like that's i i you know like you and i have talked enough times to know that you know we're both hard workers and we like to like to put everything every ounce of us into what we're passionate about yeah i I definitely commend you for that i just i don't know why i was able to make the banks and those corporate individuals millions of dollars i can't do it for myself (laughs) it's just i don't i don't get it oh that is that is another episode in (laughs) itself so cammy Thank you so much for being a part of the show. You um, you state that you're a women's body empowerment coach, but I'm sure there's so much more to that. So if you don't mind, can you introduce yourself for our audience? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Cammie. Thank you for having me, by the way. I'm super blessed to be here. Super excited to serve your audience, your community. So I am a women's wellness coach. So like you said, it's beyond just empowerment, women's empowerment. I help a lot of people heal with eating disorders. I help women lose weight, gain weight, run lab testing, gut health, pretty much everything. Um, I am a certified personal trainer, a certified functional nutrition coach, as well as a master practitioner in neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy, and hypnosis. So I also do a lot of subconscious reprogramming with my clients. And that sounded like so much. So I'm glad you're here. Yes. I, I believe you're the second, maybe the second person, second female I've, I've interviewed that's been involved in bodybuilding competitions or I'm sure there's been more, but um, I always 
you know, people who are in those competitions always make showing their body like so easy. Like it's just like no one ever really sees the progress. They don't see the pain. They don't see all the hours in the gym and all the the mental hula hoops you have to go through to make sure you're 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 in the right place. Like what is it like just, you know, being in front of an audience that's literally judging you on how you look? Yeah. Oh man. So I competed from 2014 to 2017 and honestly bodybuilding was the catalyst of my entire being, everything for me. It helped me heal from my eating disorder, but then it, you know, causes other things just like you said, like people don't see the pain, they don't see what goes on behind the scenes. When you're on stage, it's really having like the right mindset because it can go in one of two directions. Either you get really really competitive, you start comparing yourself to other women, you take everything personally on what the judges say. Um, or it can go the other way where you're just super empowered. You don't care what anybody thinks you're super confident. And that really just comes down to your individual journey. Well, let's, uh, let's back up for a moment. I appreciate you going through that. So talk about, you you talked about food in your life and, and nutrition and how, um, I think you, you, you say that you're a recovering, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say recovering addict or anything like that, but you had an issue with your nutrition, how you saw food, the relationship you had with food. Can you kind of let everyone know what that was like in your past? Yeah. So what kickstarted that journey for me was I went through a really traumatic experience, lost somebody very, very close to me that ended up creating a negative spiral, right? So I started to blame myself, shame myself, typically what the unconscious mind ends up doing. And that just sent me down this this negative loop. Every time I looked at myself in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. Every time I looked at food, I looked at it like it was the enemy. And when people tend to have an unhealthy relationship with food, or you know, in some instances, people get what they call an eating disorder, which I personally like to just call an unhealthy relationship with food, it usually stems from some type of trauma, whether that trauma starts as a young child, it might start in utero or somewhere in your lifetime because food becomes more of a sense of having control. And that's what it was for me when I felt like I was completely out of control with everything in my life. I couldn't be in control. The one thing that I could control was food. Yeah. And food is one of those things that it's it's everywhere. Like food represents like the best of times and the worst of times for at least American households. Like we know what like birthday parties, celebrations, promotions. Um, and then there's the, you know, the repass at, at funerals. Like it's food is the center to everything. Um, if you, if you, it's funny, if you, if you read, if you read, or I don't read, I actually do audio books, but if you listen to uh, Russell Brand's first, Russell Brand's first book um, that I listened to when I really, um, a few years ago, he talks about, um, he obviously battled drug and alcoholism, Right. But he talks about growing up, he was an overweight child. And he says he should have kind of saw that coming because chocolate was his first addiction when he was a kid, like candy, sugar, chocolate. And sometimes people say like cigarettes, then weed, and those things lead to alcohol and then other drugs. But he's like, he had that addictive behavior toward chocolate bars. 
And to hear that when he said it, you kind of think like it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like I think a lot of us, sometimes you see on TV and stuff, people, they drown their sorrows in a bottle of alcohol, right? But also what else do you see on TV? Someone breaks up. What, the first thing you run for is that Ben and Jerry's in the fridge, right? So there, those are things that you drown your sorrows kind of in for the moment. And you're like, let me give myself pleasure with this. So it's, 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 there's, they call it comfort food for a reason. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't mean to hijack the question mark, but, but I, I, I totally understand. And this is one of the things I've wrestled with my whole life as well. And, and trying to have that balance of enjoying it, but Hey, it's got to have its time and place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I actually love that you touched on that because not just in American households, but if you look at different cultures, they approach food in different ways. And especially like in Hispanic cultures, for example, because I coach a lot of Hispanic women, helping them heal their relationship with food. It's always a big party. And every time it's a big party, there's food involved. Or if you're somebody's, you know, neighbor, Susan next door is bringing cookies in cakes to your house to welcome you or holidays. It's all around food. And so we look at food as like connection and love, but some people end up using it. Well, majority of us, including myself as reward or discipline. So like you said, disciplinary, like I can't have that. I shouldn't have that creating negative connotations around it. That's bad for me, good or bad. Right. Then there's the other side of it where you're getting off work, you're going home and you're like, Oh, I had a, I had a long day. So I'm going to reward myself with a glass of wine or a shot of whiskey. And that's what starts this perpetuating cycle. Yeah. It's, it, it's just, it's everywhere. Like food is everywhere. Like food is everywhere. And it, it, we have to be intentional with our choices. And, you know, actually, I, I see with you, it was through intentional choices and purposeful cleansing and the power of movement and, and so on and so forth. You were able to, as you say, and I love this, reclaim your health and vitality. So what I hear is a person that regained the power regained that responsibility, regained all of the things that she had lost, whether it was, you know, self-inflicted or not. We don't have to talk about that. That really at this point does not matter, but you reclaimed that. So tell us how you did that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So to shorten that up, the answer for that. When it comes to really reclaiming your power, there's different elements involved, but it's really nutrition, building a healthy relationship with food, confiding in somebody, whether that's a support system, a coach, someone you love, a good friend, and building that relationship with the food. No longer using words like good or bad, or I can't, or I shouldn't. So really getting into more positive reframes really naturally will allow you to start building a healthier relationship with it exercise, movement that naturally regulates the nervous system, helps to calm down that fight or flight, releases endorphins, happy chemicals. Like you're naturally starting to feel better. And when you feel better, you're going to make better choices. You're going to love yourself more. You're going to feel more confident. And then really the key piece for me is the whole mindset thing. And it's all over the internet now and people are raving about mindset It's not a fad. It's not a trend. It's like a conscious movement because 
the more that we can actually work with our inner child and reprogram certain beliefs around certain things in this conversation, specifically food or our bodies, that's going to help set us up for success in the future. And other people are going to benefit from that as well, because now they're going to have that same energy and that same insight around their self-confidence around food and their body as well. And, and I love that. And I kind of want to, I, I think this is a great kind of segue. I know Hami's not the, not the guest this week, but I always love to hear more about, because we're talking about nutrition and what we put in our bodies. Like when you started 6 a.m., like you thought a lot about what the ingredients were and what people were going to put in their body. Like to what she's saying, how important was it for you to make something that, that just fit a lifestyle that wasn't just adding chemicals to people's bodies? Yeah, I mean, Mark, it's, it's funny you say that. I want to back up real quick. So even a, a, a father, right? And the girls, for example, I have two daughters and obviously my wife. So I'm the only other male in my house is our dog. So the cookies, right? Like Christmas, we're coming around Christmas time and Halloween. So they're not going to bake cookies and me as a father be like, oh, no, I'm not touching that, right? So it's even like, not only say pressure, but I'm... I'm dad, I'm going to eat the cookies they make. So I, I, I want to kind of backtrack on that too. I, I just wanted to touch that before we move forward. But that was actually, um, yeah, to, now to answer Mark's question, I, I found out like when I was 20, right? If I wanted energy, Red Bull was the go-to. And I think it just had come out. I'm 44. So I think like early 2000s, Red Bull and like those kind of drinks were really starting to come out and they were taking... Um, you know, kind of Mountain Dew and Mountain Dew was like, not what it was, but it was like, it was Red Bull and energy drinks. But that was not, you know, you get gassy, right? You you can't have carbonated. Like, I was like, wait, I can't handle carbonation, right? But when I was 20, I could have a carbonated drink and go run it eight miles fine. It's, it's, it's also a combination of that mark. And I don't know if I'm answering your question correctly. But it was also too, what is more clean? What is more sustainable? What's not gonna like, trigger my body um you know I, I it's there's so many things and i don't want to go off on a tangent my wife just sent me an article that people are on these like smoothie diets but apparently like now smoothies are not a diet because if you don't chew you're not training your stomach to like start working and digesting because it's your 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 body thinks it's drinking right so you actually could gain weight by drinking high sugared smoothies but you're thinking you're not eating, you know what I mean? But your body's not digesting that smoothie. So it's like, to your point, Mark, and I'm not the guy to answer that question either, because I don't know it all. But to 6am runs point, I knew we needed amino acids, I knew we needed green tea for natural caffeine, not that carbonated. And again, I'm not knocking them because I, I, I actually drank one to get me through New York City Marathon was a Red Bull. So, so and Mark, you know, you know, that story. So so, cause I forgot our sprint, which is our most caffeinated item. So I don't knock any other item, but I think every age, every phase of life, you find out, okay, what this, this Hami needs. I know I'm talking third person. It's kind of corny, but it's really what you, your age are. And there's some 50, 60 year olds that, I mean, they can, they can handle uh, metabolism and diets of a 30, 25 year old. So it's funny to me, these questions, they're great to talk about, but every single, the beauty of being a human being is how different we all are compared to other mammals. We all have different reactions, metabolisms, 
body types. I, it's it's such an open-ended question mark, and I'm sorry if I took it over and went long-winded with it, but there's no real answer. But you do try to find the healthiest for overall most people. You know, that's that. I, I actually really love that answer because you're absolutely right. Because you never like every time you pass a cow pasture, they're all eating grass. Like they're all right. eating the same thing. Like you're not gonna find a cow that's like, no, I need to be animal based this month because yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's it's like, but but I know, like I know. I've gone vegetarian before and it, it was not a good look for like any part of my digestive system. I'll be honest with you right now. And, but when I go more animal based, like that, I have more energy, I feel better. Um, and I, I know exactly what you're saying, but to, to Cammy, I want to ask you because a lot of the work that you're doing is not just telling or showing people about the relationship they have with food or making better choices, but it's kind of enlightening people, kind of getting them to move past any trauma they've had. And a lot of it is just being able to believe in themselves by hearing your story. So when you work with people like I'm like, what is that like that first that first moment you see that belief start to creep into someone who may have had, you know, and you talked at the beginning, you talked at the beginning about losing and gaining weight because I think that needs I'm glad you said that because we have people that they only think about fitness about losing weight they only think about getting in a proper mindset by losing weight but a lot of time it's about putting on good weight but what is it like when you have that person in that moment you start to see that belief in their eyes like the positive belief I, well ah good good we'll talk about both listen hey <laughs> i will let you run with it i will let you run with it yeah well first off i just want to touch on i love that you're talking about how our bodies are so different because i could easily get on a podcast and talk about the nitty-gritty and the science behind everything but sure i geek out on it behind the scenes but it's not what i like to talk about because everybody's talking about it and a lot of people don't even really care because unless you're a health nerd, it's going to really come down to your unique body type, what is good for you. And so all the women that I work with, I always tell them what's going to work for you is not going to work for me. It's not going to work for Mark. It's not going to work for Hami. Like you're entirely two different people. You're going to be on two entirely different eating regimens. Like one of you could be vegan. The other one can't be vegan, right? So just like you guys were talking about, and so to shift that into answering your question, when I, when people, when I get on a consultation call with somebody like a discovery call, just really seeing where they're at, we'll start with that negative belief. The very first thing I ask somebody is I want to know what your vision is. And it doesn't matter how excited I am to like hype them up and hear their vision. They're immediately going to tell me everything that's going wrong in their life. And they'll go for like 30 minutes. And that's, are programming. And I always have to stop them right there and make them aware of what's happening. Right. And so that's that negative belief. And then we start stacking and stacking and stacking and that spirals. And then we look at everything like it's bad. Now it's just a bad day. All food is bad. Everything is bad. And so I always have to stop them right there, create that awareness so that next time it happens, they can catch themselves and then shift them back into that vision. 
having them do specific modalities to help connect them to that vision every single day and operate out of that. Once I start to see their belief system start to change and they're starting to feel empowered, which usually happens within the first week because we do a lot of digging into their unconscious mind and their inner child, they're just like flourishing. And now they're just so excited. And for me, that's why I do what I do. And that's why I'm a body empowerment coach, even though I do all the nitty gritty of lab testing, gut protocols, all of that. But really, it's the empowering aspect of it that really gets me going because it once they're empowered, everything's going to be easy. Shift your mindset, weight's going to fall off. Like that's just what it is. Whether you track macros or you're in a calorie deficit, there's so much more that goes into it besides counting every single thing that you put in your mouth. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> I, I believe it did. I think it, I think it was one of the, the best the best answers you could give for that. And I, I appreciate that because I, I know exactly once you started saying on that consultation call, like everything bad comes out like, and it's human nature. You're absolutely right. Like how many times have we been upset with a restaurant and like bitched and complained about it for 20 minutes. But like the moment something like a really good restaurant, like we'll say maybe two words. Oh, they were great. Yeah. And then you move on. Like you don't put that same energy into the positive. Now, um, I did want to get into some neurolinguistics programming, and um, yeah, you say yeah, you say yeah. yeah, like everyone knows what I just <laughs> what, what I just said. I I don't know what I just said. I think I may have just like blacked out for a second when I said that. So, um, <laughs> but for the people, in all seriousness, like for the people who don't know what it is, like, can you please explain what NLP is, like what it does and, and how it can help people? Yeah. So neuro-linguistic programming is more getting into language patterns, understanding eye patterns, the way the physiology changes. So let's say, let's talk more about neuroplasticity and subconscious reprogramming, timeline therapy, because that's the really important piece. What that is, is understanding behavioral patterns, understanding how our belief systems were formed. So for example, we store negative emotions at the unconscious level. So if you, if we want to talk about the conscious mind and the unconscious mind, because this is how everybody's going to understand, your unconscious mind cannot process negatives. It's impossible. This is how we store negative emotions at the unconscious level. We can store them in specific parts of our body that can create disease, disorders, all kinds of crazy stuff because everything goes back to the gut and your gut is your second brain. Okay. So with that, there are five negative emotions, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt. And we cycle through those. So when you talk about people spiraling, when they start talking about the negative, it's because they're working through the anger. Now the sadness, now the fear, the hurt, the guilt. And then it, that's why it goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. So with neuroplasticity, in timeline therapy, we're actually going back into the subconscious mind, finding where these beliefs originated, where again, this could be inner child work. Some people go, you know, genealogically, some people go to a past life. It really depends on whatever you believe. But the purpose of it is the brain doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's fake. 
So whatever experience you're having in order to shift that belief system, it's going to happen. And that's how people get on the other side of it. But it's just like with anything, it's like going to the gym. It's a conscious effort. Like you have to be willing to do that work every single day. And then it eventually becomes more habitual and you start looking at things in a more positive light. So for the sake of this show, I'm going to pretend like I understood everything. (laughs) That you just said. No, I'm kidding. I apologize. I, I, I got most of that in. <laughs> Hami got it. Hami, no, it does. I mean, it, because think about it. Like you're not. I love the part. Like happiness is not a. Like happiness is not. Uh, it's not a forever thing, right? It's just not. Like you know what I mean. My wife and I on a kind of different topic, but I mean, my wife and I were talking about with Christmas coming up, right? Like. I do it now with Amazon and things like that. Like how happy, how happy do gifts make people? When I was growing up, a gift made you so super happy for such a long period of time, right? Now we're so used to a box from Amazon being at our house every single day. That box doesn't even give you probably five minutes of happiness, if that makes sense. So what I'm saying is those emotions, you're, you're not in happiness state all the time and you're maybe not angry all the time. But you're going through all these other like emotions constantly. So it's like, I think that's, again, that's a more of a therapy and another discussion for like another time. But what she's saying to me, it it makes, it makes so much sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody, you know, on that, everybody has an emotional home and that does make sense because it all ties in because I do timeline therapy with my clients, which is a form of therapy. It's not therapy, but it's a form of therapy. And everybody has an emotional home. And so you're going to go back to that emotional home. And so that's where a lot of the timeline therapy or in other words, subconscious reprogramming, neuroplasticity all comes into play is because you want to reprogram those beliefs. You have to reprogram those beliefs or you're going to spiral. This is why people, they lose the weight and then they find it again. They gain it all right back. You have to work with the unconscious mind in order to set yourself up for success long-term in any area of your life. It makes a lot. It makes a, it makes a lot of sense. You, I mean, you're absolutely correct because, and I, I just said this the other day and I've, I've heard it so much more since I started doing this show is that no trainer, nobody in the fitness space, like wants a, a lifelong client. Like we don't want a lifelong client like that. We don't want to be hired to be crutches. We don't want to be hired to be the person that answers every question and makes every decision. And the moment that you wake up at 2 a.m. and you're hungry, we don't want to be one you have to text and be like, hey, should you have a glass of water or should I have this brownie? Like, you know, we don't want to be that person. We want to instill or at least help instill those instincts or those beliefs that someone can make. And I, again, I don't want to say the right or wrong decision. Cause let's be honest, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you have a sweet tooth and you have a brownie, it's not going to be the, the, the end all be all. Like it's not going to be the worst thing. However, if you're, and I would love you to speak about this. If you're consistently waking up and going right to a candy jar or having a candy jar next to your bed or always having brownies or always having sweets, instead of going to you know, that glass of water or that club soda or something that's going to, you know, because your body is most likely thirsty rather than hungry. If you don't have those habits, because there's one thing, Cammie, where you can teach them, but someone also has to learn it. Like, let's be honest, like you, you could be the greatest teacher in the world, but someone has to learn it and want to learn. Exactly. 
I mean, you said it, you just said it right there is you, you have to want to do the work. You have to want the change. And when you want the change, you'll be the change and you'll do the thing you need to do in order to change. But a lot of that with getting up and eating in the middle of the night, there's a lot of different reasons that people do that, but it is an unconscious pattern and it's more of comfort, not hunger. So that goes back to like subconscious reprogramming is finding where in your timeline did that start? Like why, why, what's making you make that decision to do that? Because people, it's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But when you unravel that unconscious pattern, now they have awareness, now they can make the change. And that's really the key to everything is once you have the awareness as to why you're doing what you're doing or making the decisions that you're making and understanding that they're honestly not entirely your fault sometimes because they go way back on your timeline, that's when people can actually make the shift is when they have more awareness of why they're doing it. Um, with that being said too, uh, if you're eating in the middle of the night, that could come down to a gut imbalance. Like if your gut microbiome is imbalanced, if you want to get into the science of things, that's going to make people have these ridiculous cravings in the middle of the night. Or if your circadian rhythm is off, it's going to make them have these cravings in the middle of the night. But like you said, if you want to shift that, you can get up and get a glass of water versus, you know, going and just eating something. And likely if you're getting up and you're eating a bunch of food in the middle of the night, you're not on a proper regimen fueling your body the right way during the day. Yeah. And again, I love the fact that Hami is on here because Hami has a teenager and somebody who is excelling in sports and we talked about teaching versus wanting to learn like and i'm gonna be there soon i i, I almost have a 10 and 8 year old how many i talk about daughters all the time because i have two daughters Aww. too you say ah you say that and then and then i love it and then you, you 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 have them in your truck after soccer practice and you're like when did, where did my two little angels go who used to smell so great but I listen. I didn't see my oldest one all weekend, and she was home. Like, like, Aww. Like, come on now. Like, I, I don't even know if she ate all weekend. Like, seriously. <laughs> that is. Okay. And I know she didn't leave the house because we have ring cameras everywhere. So, but uh, Javi. So, but with her, like, do you? Because I want to know what it's like to have like a teenager, especially a teenage girl, like. And the whole world is telling her what to do constantly. Teachers, so, parents. But, that, yeah. that, but that's kind of what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, it's, see, it's discipline, right? Like when I was with, with corporate America, 6 a.m. run. And, and Cammie, if you know, if you don't know, 6 a.m. run, I had to get up at 5.30, run at 6 a.m. because I had to be at work at 8 o'clock. That's a have to, right? So if I wanted to provide for my family and work out, I had to do that, Right. That was a force, right? When I started 6 a.m. run, I started working here full time. Technically, I can run whenever I want. I can work at night. I do a lot of emails and stuff in bed before I go to sleep, right? But there's a discipline about it, right? To get the workout out of the way still early in the morning, that's where those are things. I'm not saying they, they can be taught. But I think that what I'm learning more and more as I meet people and, and in, on, on my personal journey, it's, it's about discipline, right? Like, are, can you help someone get discipline? Um, and even now with Strava and things like that, what I love, there's, there are days, I, and, and Mark has heard this story. So the area I run, a lot of people obviously here in Delaware, it's so small, know me. 
Saturday and Sunday, I sleep in if I don't have anything to do. I'm not running outside in the cold weather six in the morning. Like I'll go run 10, 11. I wait for the weather to warm up a little bit and the sun to come out, right? But I always have four or five people. I don't even know who they are. Probably because I'm wearing like the 6 a.m. run shirts and stuff. And Mark has his on. And they're like, it's 10 a.m. Like, ah, you're funny. I, I got it. I'm sorry. But like, you know, again, it's, it goes to discipline, you know, and, and Mark, now to get to your question, that's just what I'm trying to teach Layla more. She more her because she's older discipline. You know what I mean? And I joke, but she had a workout Friday night. She had a workout Saturday morning. We got back from her workout Saturday morning. I told my wife, I said, she she's good. She can take tomorrow off. Um, we we did put up the Christmas tree Sunday night. Like that was something we were excited to do. But like, you know, let her you need you need lazy days and you're a kid you want to just be on your phone all day and be on tiktok whatever they're doing you know what i mean so i i I, i'm gonna answer your question with more just discipline and balance you know what i mean um now i will say that when i get up and run on sunday mornings then i want to go get food for the house then i want to vacuum the house then i want to set the house up for the week those sunday mornings i get up and i just start watching football and veg on the couch and start with a bowl of cereal and not do anything, that's going to be pretty much my whole day because I started it unproductive and that's not a bad thing, but I'm going to end that day unproductive. It's truly about getting up, getting in motion. And then, you know what I mean? That's, that's the way the roller coaster starts. And Kami, I, I, Kami, I apologize. I'd like, I'd love to hear you because I'm sure people get into your program and they think they have to be productive all the time. Oh, she told me to do this. I got, no, no days off, no days off. And, and, but people need days off. Like people need that. They need the reset. Correct. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yes, discipline is everything and how you start your morning. That's how the rest of your day is going to go. So my clients do have a, a morning routine that they follow. Now I design that in a way that's going to be in alignment with their lifestyle. You know, they may have kids. I coach a lot of moms, really busy entrepreneurs. So it's going to look a little bit different for everybody, but it's going to incorporate very similar modalities of, you know, getting that movement in, grounding, getting in touch with nature. I do a lot of more of like a holistic approach to things, whether you're taking an ice bath or a cold shower or a bowl, like stick your face in some water. You know, we want to regulate and activate that nervous system. We want to get movement in. If you can get to the gym in the morning or go for a run, that's going to immediately release endorphins. You're going to show up 10 times better. But like you said, you have to have that self-discipline. So I can give somebody all the tools, resources, strategies, game plan, but they have to get up and they have to do it. But that's the thing. And for everyone listening, once you do it a few times, like it's going to be hard the first week, you're going to get up and be like, oh gosh, I hate this. Why am I doing this? But then you're going to start to feel better. You're going to be more productive. You're going to just show up better. You're going to be magnetizing. And that's when it becomes more habitual because you're like, wow, I wish I was doing this my whole life. Where have I been? We and, and I love everything about that. And we've kind of focused on the behavioral part of this. But you don't just stop there. You kind of talked about the science of it. And after someone does the consultation with you, you do offer lab testing. because You mentioned that there could be underlying issues, whether that be gut, hormonal, something, you know, like that, that people, you know, are unaware of. So, and I think I I forgot the gentleman's name I talked to about lab testing, but I I would love to, to get some more information because like, there's a lot 
that you can, people can find out from blood work, from urine analysis, from just, you know, just what is in their gut, what hormones they're missing as we all get older. And I've had pe- men, we have hormones too. Like we do. I, I, testosterone is the big one. Like we have hormones. Talk about why lab testing can be so important for so many people. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, we don't know what's going on underneath. You can, I can create you a program based off all the information that you give me. I can ask you a ton of questions because I do, and I can create you a program, but unless we have that information, there's only so much we can do. And like you said, if, if we don't have those labs and we don't know what's going on, it's not going to always be the most efficient way of doing things. Everybody's body is so different. So it gives us that roadmap that we actually need. We run full hormone, full thyroid, extensive nutrient levels. Like we want to know everything so that we can make sure that there's no hormonal issues involved, right? If you have PCOS or like if you have thyroid issues or anything like that, that can interfere with your progress. Then you're wondering, why am I rapidly gaining weight or why am I rapidly losing weight? There could be another underlying factor. It may not be anything that you're necessarily doing quote unquote wrong, right? And then there's the other testing that we do of like GI mapping, checking for parasites, worm protozoans, because if you've got a lot of gut issues going on, there could be parasites or worms that you're not aware of, especially with all the chemicals and stuff that's in our food. Yeah, you got me with that last part. I was I was like, oh, this all sounds great. And then you got the worms in there. And it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you travel and stuff like that. But I mean, we are in America. <laughs> we have a lot of stuff in our food. So... Just got to be careful. Um, and and I, I really appreciate that. That I mean, you mentioned holistic, and but there's still like a body is a body. Like and yes. what what we what we have in it. If we really want to get fit, really want to know more about ourselves. And this is a call to to people who, if you're having sleep issues, if you're having you know gut issues, like it's not a bad idea to take this as a a time to book that appointment to either your primary care or local holistic nutritionist or someone who can help you out. Person on the show possibly could, could do that when you, when you go to her website. So, uh, Cammie, there's always one question I ask everybody in the fitness space. And as we get towards the end of the show, I, I love to get as many diverse answers as I can, because the, the, the reason that, you know, Hami created the, the product and the show is to get people moving and to get people, you know, he tells his story of when he had time to do it. Um, but Kami, somebody comes to you and says, Hey, love what you're selling. I love what you're doing. I love your program. I love everything, but I just, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I got, we're, we're moving that the twins start school. We got the baseball coming. I got to coach this and, you know, I got to every excuse. And you talked about the consultation call. You talked about a thousand negative things that people will bring up. So when people come to you and they say, they they start to complain about not having the time, what is your response to that? Usually I ask them to pull up their phone and show me how many hours they've been on their phone that day and on social media. Then I give them a form to fill out and we identify all their habits and how much time it's taking for each. 
time is an illusion. And like within that you find it. And especially with the women, I always ask them, let's say like you just started dating your husband, like, or you just met this guy, you have a packed schedule, you're busy, whatever. You've got so much going on. The moment that man texts you and says, Hey, are you free at 6 PM? Your whole schedule is freed up your whole weekend. You have nothing going on this week. If you could do that for a man, you can do that for your health. So that's what I tell every woman on my consultation calls. And they got the time. They find the time after that one. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired, ladies. I don't know how I feel. I, I Listen, it's Hallmark movie season. And I know every big wig female CEO from the city doesn't have time to go on a date with <laughs> The logman from the uh, the rural no, it's, area. So go ahead. That, that 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 right there, and on that, that's got to be like a different show too. Yeah. It's funny. My wife and I mentioned. Oh, we had there was a couple, uh, and and they have kids too that we haven't hung out with in like a year, and they just had a baby. And my wife was like, you know, we got we got to see so and so and his wife and the baby. And I was like, I know, I know, we haven't seen them in forever. I just that we've been so busy. And then literally during that conversation, a buddy of mine called and was like, hey. Um, I think we're going to go watch Sunday night football. So-and-so I'm like, okay. Like, it's like, she's like, you just said we couldn't see so-and-so, but you, another person just called you and you, you know, so it's like you in life, right? If you want to get something done, if you want to be with somebody, if you want to hang out with somebody, if you want to do something, you find a way to incorporate that. Right. So that's, that's a big thing I'm learning and I'm seeing, and I'm like, oh, after kind of seeing that, and I think sometimes you have to get punched in the gut like that. Then I, I told her, I said, yeah, you know what? Call so-and-so. We really need to invite them over for dinner one night. Yeah, we make time for the things we want. It just is what it is. And, you know, what's important to me is not going to be important to you. And that's what we prioritize. And, then, and it's funny, my uh, this new thing, and Mark, you have kids, and and, and, and I don't, Cammy, I don't mean to pry into your personal, but it's um, this, this new thing. It's like NPC, right? Non-playable characters. Right. People, my, my daughter's saying she's an NPC, right? Like they're a girl that's like not popular to them. So they call each other now NPCs. Right. I'm like, so I'm learning a little lingo. Right. So I feel like we put so much effort in what other people think about us. Right. When the reality we're really thinking more about ourselves than anyone else is thinking about us. No one's sitting there thinking about Hami Mahani all the time. And I, but to me, I might think that I think everyone's watching what I do. Everyone's thinking about what I do when in reality, and I curse a little bit, no one gives a shit about me so much as I do. They're the same as I am. They're worried about themselves and what other people think about them. You know what I mean? And you're everyone else to you is a non-playable character. You're playing yourself, right? So I love in a weird way, there's a lot of lingos my kids say that I'm like, that's just stupid. But this, this, this NPC thing really struck with me for a reason. And I'm, I'm sometimes kids, you think they're not with it or they don't know what they're talking about. The two things I love that Layla's taught me is rent free and NPC. Those are two things <laughs> I use now all the time. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are laughing at me, but. No, I love it. The new, the new kids lingo is, it throws me every time I hear something different. I don't have kids, but all my clients, they pretty much have kids and that I'm just learning something new all the time. And like you said, it's like, you're either like, okay, that's way out of, out of field 
Or you're like, wow, I could actually like use that in my life. And you learn something from it. It's like sitting down with like a, a, I would say like a six-year-old. They completely bring you back down to reality. And you're like, where, where have I been? Like they just gave me so much wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like the sower. My, every time I see a certain young girl on the soccer team, I always use like their lingo with her. And she, it's so, <laughs> cringe, it's so cringe, cringe to her. I do it. It's cringe. so, it's so cr- <laughs> like, oh, she's like, oh my God, coach, can you stop? Can you stop? I was like, nope, no cap, bro. And she's like, what? They're not even stop, using stop it right. Cap. You're not even using it right. Yeah, stop capping. I'm like, I don't know what that means, and but I'm gonna say it all. You know, over it's, hold and over on, again. and, and so hold on. You know, it's crazy. Then go to you talk about six year old. London comes up to me. She goes, "Daddy, why isn't six a.m. run on the TikTok shop?" I'm like, "The TikTok shop." She's like, "Dad, I, I and her Christmas list, right? Like, she gave us her Christmas Sunday. They did their well. She did. The younger one did. She's like, everything I want's on the TikTok shop. And then two weeks ago, she's like, "Why isn't six a.m. run on the TikTok shop?" I was like, "What's the TikTok shop?" <laughs> So apparently, and this is my six-year-old, we built the 6 a.m. store on the TikTok shop. We're not even advertising it. We're selling one unit a day on the TikTok shop. Now, do I tell my six-year-old daughter she was smarter than her, man, her old man? <laughs> you, you pay her commission. That's I hope she's doing. making that money. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Dad, we're not on the TikTok shop. I'm like, what the hell is the TikTok shop? Like I need more. She's, she's in the conference room now. She's in the <laughs> conference room now. She, I need more ideas, honey. Need more ideas. I need to spit them out. So uh, you're like, we're gonna sit down and have no, a mastermind. No, what's, what's worse, <laughs> that my six-year-old asked, "Why are we not on the TikTok shop?" Or the marketing and sales team I pay thousands of dollars to, who didn't tell me, wow. "Why aren't we on the TikTok shop?" <laughs> She's tired. I. That's. See, there was a lot of truth in that facetious question. There's a lot of truth in that. So, um, well, Tammy, this has been great. I apologize for going off the rails towards the end here, but it's been an absolutely great show. Please tell us how people can learn more about you, how they can book those consultations. How can just follow you online to learn more about what you do? Absolutely. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all the same, Cameron A. Fit. And then you can also go to my website, which is CameronAFit.com. Like I say all the time, you can pause the show right now and go to the links in the show notes because, you know, you might forget once this show might start another 6 a.m. run podcast after this, but stop it. Go to the show notes, click on the links and you can follow her. Um, Cammie, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Just was, this was a great show. Hami, Thank you. And I just yeah. noticed that both of your names literally are the same thing with one. I just, that's the kind of day and week I'm having. I am, I'm <laughs> literally noticing stuff now. So uh, thank you both for being a part of the show. Hami, always a pleasure to have you on the show. No, no, Mark, again, thank you for everything you're doing for the community, for, for myself, for all of us, Mark. So thank you and Cami. Thank you for your time. We obviously even... Um, our guests are really, they're so good to us to give us their time. So, um, we wouldn't, obviously, Mark, thank you so much for what Mark does, but, um, the awesome guests that help Mark and have helped make the show grow every week. So thank both of you. Thank you guys. It's been an honor. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And we will see you guys next time. Have a good one.
Thank you, as always, for listening to the 6AM Run podcast. Again, I am your host, Mark Paisant. Please like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of this amazing content. If you can, we would love if you left us a review. Remember to follow us online and use hashtag 6AM Run to connect with the greatest group of runners and fitness enthusiasts in the world.